0: So, episode four of the Planted Mindset podcast. This was a guest episode, and I was delighted to be joined with Janae Kellogg. So, she is literally finishing the last stages of her cover model shoot prep. So, nine weeks out, she is looking to do the shoot eh, end of March. So, we talk about her training, also the nutrition side, which is key to any prep more importantly the mindset and what is required to achieve those goals. So we start getting a little bit deeper into her mindset and why and how she's gone to do the WBFF in Dallas 2019 and why she's then gone on to do another cover model. Originally from a yoga background so transitioning to strength training, not the usual transition but what it does for her and how it's helped her overcome her eating challenges listen and enjoy hi Janay. Um, you've joined me on the planted mindset podcast today i'm really excited to have you on you've got so much going on at the moment with your cover model shoot uh, which you're going to be doing in the end of march tell me a bit more about it Uh, Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so
1: much for asking me um, to come on your podcast. Um, Yes, so the goal is to get me ready for photo shoot the end of March, which is about nine weeks away. Um, And things are pretty intense right now. Um, This prep is completely different than the one I did last summer. So I'm really trying not to compare the two, which is very hard, you know, when you have a previous experience and things, but, um, you know, the body changes time of years. It's winter now. It was summer last time I did it. Um, but you know, my, my style of training is different than what I did last summer and, you know, stress levels and different things going on. I have a lot going on in life right now. So, but it's, it's going well. Um, Right now, my cardio is really high at the moment, but, um, and then my calories are gonna be going down this week. So we're kind of just trying to figure out my body at the moment still, because it's being a little bit stubborn. So, you know, it's sometimes it just takes patience and consistency are probably the two main words that I would say um, that are, you know, it's, it's not like there's not one recipe for every single person. <laughs> for for what's going to work and and all that stuff and sometimes even within your own body you're like well I did this last time but this time it's it's not working and we have to do something different so it can be frustrating but it's also really cool to to go through it and and learn more about your body too
0: So you obviously said there about your cardio and I know that you're doing two lots of 30 minutes uh, sort of separated in the day and you're doing your sessions then uh, obviously in between. You said that you um, have been having less headaches down to the cardio that you've been doing. Um, So do you think that that is intrinsically linked?
1: I do, yeah, so, so right now my cardio is 60 minutes a day and um, my coach, Wade, wanted me to do that for two weeks to see what happens, and so I have one week down, so I have one week left on this, actually less than a week, and we'll see where it takes me, but I've been doing um, 30 minutes on the elliptical right away in the morning, and then thir- and then I lift weights in the afternoon, followed by another 30 minutes on the elliptical, Um, and with my heart rate over 130, and it's really interesting because I I document everything, my macros, my cardio, my weights, everything, my feelings, and I've noticed that since I've really increased the cardio, I have been getting a lot fewer headaches. Um, my body overall has been feeling better and my resting heart rate has gone down a lot. So I think it's because I'm getting the blood flowing more more oxygen to the muscles. Um, and my good friend is also a holistic coach. That's kind of how we met. And I was talking to her about it and she's like, it's because you're getting your lymph system you know, activated more. And so I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a detox for the body getting, you know, doing more cardio and sweating more and things like that. So it's, it's been interesting because I've had more energy too, which I didn't expect. I thought I'd be more tired,
0: <laughs> especially if the calories are going down. That's uh, yeah. That and I am like.
1: I'm like, I feel like the energizer bunny. I don't know what's going on, but I'll take it.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you can you can be infectious to everyone else then, can't you? So you, you said earlier that obviously this is different to last time. Um, and I guess you're talking about the w, um, BFF Dallas 2019, the bikini model. Um how did you find that as that was that wasn't your first though was it because you it was started, my first show yep it was your first show I know that you back in 2010 you were sort of looking into obviously shows I've done a yeah that's actually
1: before. that's kind of when the idea and the passion started for it but I had a lot of health issues over the years so I had started prep a couple different times with different coaches and done a lot of research in it and, you know, kind of dabbled in it, but I didn't actually do my first show until last July, um, 2019. And that was with the WBFF. I did bikini. Um, and so my training, I was working with a different coach. My training was completely different than what I'm doing now. um, And even the, uh, the approach to my nutrition was different. So it's just, you know, there's so many different ways to do things out there. I think the main thing is you just have to communicate with your coach. You have to really be in tune with your body and what's happening. And that's why I track everything too, because how are you going to know what works if you aren't tracking things?
0: Oh, un- no. undoubtedly. I mean, that, that is so true. So what could you say from what with you tracking now, what, what differences are you spotting?
1: Um, I think i have a lot more muscle now because I have spent more time, um, more time with a good program than I did leading up to my show last year. And so right now I'm doing mostly steady state cardio, not a lot of hit. And my coach last year had me doing super intense workouts, like super sets, everything. Um, my workouts would sometimes take 90 to 90 minutes to two hours. Um, oh, <laughs> I was doing, a, yeah, I was doing a lot of hit and really intense stuff. um, and with weight, I've been doing more for my, my training, my lifting. I've been doing more, um, just single set stuff where I'm resting in between sets, not doing, I do a little bit of superset still. Um, he's let me create my own workouts, bless him, but I've been doing more, more along that line just to kind of see what my body does. And I definitely feel a lot stronger.
0: What and I feel- range are you doing? in that then so if you're doing yeah, single so, sets so you going for the hypertrophy or are you actually going for the strength
1: i'm doing more hypertrophy but i'm doing i'm not doing as many supersets as i used to i used to always do supersets and i've been doing that this time for like actually probably since last fall i haven't been so it's been a while
0: and how long your workout now though i mean obviously if you're if you're doing are you keeping it shorter i mean
1: Yeah. You know, I would say my, my lifting sessions are around 45 minutes, probably some leg days get up to an hour, but definitely not as long as, as I was, but I feel like I'm getting a lot more mind muscle contraction than I used to as well. I've been focusing on that more.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. That leads into the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, we're part of the uh, Fitness Coach Freedom Mastermind group, and I went to a couple of the exercise execution workshops, and it's absolutely fantastic to get into the zone with that mind-muscle connection. And do you think that just by slowing down and doing less exercises, you're being almost able to get into a meditative state while you're working out to zone in on the body?
1: Yeah, I do. I've always had a I've always had a really good mind-body connection. Um ever since I was younger, I, chiropractors and stuff would tell me they were amazed at how in tune I was with my body. So, and with my yoga background, I think that has been a strength of mine, but I definitely still have increased that mind muscle connection. And, um, and I think that resting more in between sets has definitely benefited me in the way that it's, it's enabled me to get stronger, um, and not, and also not tax my nervous system so much because I'm already a highly stressed person and not taking enough time to rest in between sets can actually it can hurt you more actually. And I think a lot of women do that is they're like, well, I got to go, 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 go. And I have to like, feel like I'm just beat by the end of my workout, but that doesn't mean that's the best way to build muscle or anything. It can be more harmful.
0: And are you still obviously uh, aiming for that progressive overload? And and would you be doing that on a weekly basis uh, for obviously the listeners or is that um, after each set, if you felt that you were stronger or do you, Stay with the same weights um for x amount of time before you increase,
1: yeah, I always try to I always try to beat my last lift, like if you know I'm gonna be doing glutes today, and it's like well, if I did this amount of weight last time on my glutes, I'm gonna to try to go up, even if it's just a little bit of weight um, if I you know within say i'm doing four sets of an exercise and the first set i'm like usually i go a little bit lighter on the first set to prime the muscles and then i'll go up the second third fourth if i feel like i didn't do enough but i try to i'm always shooting for that progressive overload whether it's doing a couple more reps or going up in the weight a little bit as well
0: cool i mean um you mentioned about your yoga background. So that's quite a big transition, isn't it? Into weights with progressive overload. Obviously we can't continue doing that week on week on week on week on. Otherwise uh, like you say our central nervous system will be absolutely wrapped. So when do you have a, a, a deload day? And when you do that, do you still practice your yoga?
1: Um, so right now I'm doing five days of lifting. And then because I'm doing cardio every day, then so I'm lifting Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, I've just been doing my cardio. Um, and I try to incorporate a little bit of yoga in, into every day, whether it's stretching, you know, doing I do more, some more like dynamic yoga moves in the morning, just to wake up my body and stuff. And then stretch afterwards. And Um, that kind of a thing. And then when I teach yoga, I do a little bit with the class as well. So um, I try to, it's just kind of a thing that I try to incorporate in my lifestyle every single day, you know, a little bit. So, but I think, I mean, I don't teach as much yoga as I used to, but it's definitely still, you know, a big part of my life.
0: And with yoga, naturally it is being in tune with the bodies but it's not just the body it is the mind, isn't it? I mean, it's mm-hmm. all about the breathing, um, slowing down and being at one. Um, do you think that that has helped with the mindset of going into um, like obviously a cover model, um, like coming from a yoga background? Do you think that being able to tap into that mindset has helped you?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's funny you ask that because I didn't, I guess I never really thought about that because it's just, yoga is so natural to me but i definitely think that the breathing techniques that i have learned through yoga have benefited me a lot when it comes to lifting and knowing how to properly breathe because even when i train certain clients and i try to teach them you got to inhale here and exhale here there's a lot of clients where they're doing the opposite and they're they're exhaling when they should be inhaling and vice versa and it just (laughs) or their I, breath. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I'm like, when you push, you know, if you're doing a chest press and you should exhale as you press up, they're yeah. inhaling. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's a challenge for me to get people to switch it because it doesn't register in everyone's brain the same. And for me, it's so natural, but, um, so yeah, I do think it has really benefited me because it's just so natural when I lift to breathe. And I think it definitely, just to help that mind-body, fo- you know, that mind-muscle focus as well. Just because I've I've learned it through yoga.
0: So I mean, when did you actually qualify in yoga, and how? So how many years have you been a teacher? Because you have to do like over five hundred hours, don't you? Like to. to um, I did my
1: two hundred hours. So there's two hundred, and there's five hundred, and there's I think even one above that. But I let's see. I've been teaching yoga since about 2011, maybe um but i got because it was just natural to me i just kind of started teaching cuz my manager needed a teacher but then i took my yoga teacher training when was it i can't even remember if it was 2012 or 13 um and i took a really intense yoga teacher training um when i did it and it was like it was probably the point of my career with fitness that I was like, this is my niche, um, you know, but obviously I don't do as much of that anymore because I'm, I'm doing more fitness coaching, personal training and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a really big passion of mine still.
0: So what, what as, um, led you to sort of expand out of the yoga because obviously that is um an industry in itself. I mean you you could go to yoga retreats, you could have huge classes, you could have online classes, but obviously to go into strength training and personal training, that's quite a different arm. It's still in under the fitness umbrella, but what what led you to change to go into fitness training?
1: Well I was a trainer before I was yoga certified. So that's, that's what I did right out of college. And then, then later on I I got more into yoga and even though I feel like yoga is like, yoga is like breathing to me, literally like it is so natural when I'm teaching a class, it is like, I don't even really have to think about it. Um, But I, I feel like career wise I really like the challenge of helping people one-on-one and help them with their fitness goals, help women become more confident, um, you know, helping you change your habits and things like that. And so personal training is a a lot more complex than than teaching yoga, you know, how many yoga classes a week. And I never wanted to lose my passion for yoga. So for me, I enjoy teaching fewer yoga classes. So I still love it. I don't get sick of it. And then doing, you know, my work with clients as the majority, because every single client's different. Um, but also from a financial standpoint, I will be honest and say, like, I had to support myself. I'm, there's nobody else supporting me. And to teach the amount of yoga classes I would have to teach to make the income that I can make doing my personal training and fitness coaching, it would have been a lot more. And so it just was like from a business decision to makes more sense to do yoga kind of supplementing my personal training
0: uh, cool yeah i mean obviously at the end of the day i'm sure you're the same but most of us are in this industry um first and foremost because we want to change other people's lives and it isn't always about the money however we do need to pay our bills
1: <laughs> exactly like <laughs> We, I would do it if I could for free, but that's yeah. not how the world works, so <laughs> you kind of have to, you know, put on your business hat sometimes as well.
0: Yeah, because they say, don't they, um, in life, I think uh, when you, you end up meeting your maker, it's knowing what your life has uh, given out to everyone else, and obviously, you could have earned all the financial gifts and um, products that you ever wanted, but it's a richer. Um, gift to have changed someone's life because that can ultimately have the butterfly effect right
1: right exactly yeah
0: but um going back onto the obviously the cover model you were talking about nutrition now I know obviously with regards to that you have to be so on point with your nutrition and eating and having done a little bit of um, research you mentioned the whole reason of going into one of these competitions was to help you with your eating. Are you happy to talk about that?
1: For sure. For sure. <laughs> Anything. I'll be very,
0: very uh, delicate about what I'm saying there. So I mean, yeah, I, I no, I'm very
1: open about suffered. it. I mean,
0: yeah. So if you happy to, to obviously talk a little bit more about what you've suffered with, with your disordered eating
1: yeah and this is actually this is a really really big part of my why um because most people know I've been very open about my story that I have stro- like I have a lifetime struggle with eating and food and body image and all this stuff, and I've learned over the years it's not really about the food any i think probably most people if they were really brutally honest. Most people have some type of, you know, emotional relationship with food that may not be healthy. They have some type of disordered eating, whatever it may be. Most people have that, whether it's under eating, overeating, or you eat due to your emotions. Um, For me, I spent years and years and years restricting because I was always terrified of gaining weight. And uh, my calories, I was to the point where I was probably consuming only around 700 calories a day.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. But for me, I was like, "Eh, that's fine. Like I felt good. I still busted out. Like I still train hard. Like people had no idea how I could train as hard as I did and only eat that many calories, but I did it, you know? Um, I never got dizzy or anything. So I didn't really, I just like, that's the way it was. But I worked with a few different coaches over the past couple of years and finally, like I had to do so much personal work with myself mentally to be able to finally get myself to eat. And it was so hard. It's still very hard, but I have gotten my calories up and they're still not to the level that they need to be. But one of the reasons that I, I've always wanted to compete like since 2010 But actually signing up for the show last July was what I needed to kick it in high gear and actually make myself eat because I knew that if I didn't, I would never be able to step on the stage. Like you can't get the physique you want if you don't eat for the body you want. And um, I finally realized that and it was really scary, but I honestly like it finally dawned on me that if I want to get the physique I want, I'm going to have to eat more. And um, it's been a really long process. And even my work with weight has not been easy. Like I know that I'm not an easy client and I like thank him all the time. I'm like, thank you for being patient with me because I know it's not like, it's, I know that I'm not easy because I can't like, it's very hard for me to eat more. And, um, but one of the driving forces is like one of the reasons that I am striving for a photo shoot now and to compete this year, hopefully, because it motivates me to eat more. If I didn't have the goal to compete or do a photo shoot, I probably would still only eat 800 calories a day. Like to be honest with you, because I'm typically not that hungry. I still don't have much of an appetite, but it motivates me to be a better coach to hold myself accountable knowing that um, I'm doing this for my clients and, you know, my future clients and things like that. So that's, I mean, competing for me has helped me see how, how food fuels the body and that food isn't the enemy because for a really long time, I think I saw it as like, well, food is the enemy. You know, I'm just going to get fat if I eat more, which is not the case in every situation sometimes like under eating doesn't serve you either. Um, so it's, it's pretty complex, but, um, if any questions at all that you have, if you're wondering what anything just, yeah, shoot them, shoot them. So,
0: me. I mean, I think it's, it's, um, obviously amazing that you're, um, looking to overcome that because it's one of those things, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. it doesn 't just become solved um you can feel really great probably one month one week um but if you're not consistent on priming that mindset um you could fall- easily fall back um oh yeah, but what would you say are the triggers for you to to not eat because obviously as you say it 's not the food there's something behind that and and how do you then overcome them um when clothes get tight, it freaks me out a little bit.
1: Um, and if my digestion is off, um, if I have one bad day where I like miss meals or something like that, which doesn't happen that often anymore. Cause I finally, finally found consistency. But if I do, it usually messes me up for the next couple of days. And, um, and then anxiety and stress set in, which makes it worse. Um, you know, sometimes, like, looking back at old pictures where I'm like, oh, my God, I was so thin, that can be triggering. Um, you know, seeing where I'm at now, and I know I don't see myself the same as other people see me, like none of us do really. But, yeah, it's, it's just – it could be different things sometimes um but I've worked on my mindset a lot like a lot a lot and I just I keep working at it every day and I'm really trying to focus on my goals and where I want to go and and what do I need to do to get there and like you know if I want to become a pro athlete which I do like what does that person do you know what who what do I need to do now that that person is going to do in the future um, and just like try to keep that in mind and try and I try not to focus on where I used to be.
0: So I've got a couple of questions based from that. Uh, yeah. One, one, um, who inspires you most at the moment, but also do you journal?
1: I'll answer the second one first. Cause that's easier. Um, I journal every day. I try to have most every day. I do. I love journaling. I've been, I've been journaling for like my whole life. Um,
0: and what would you I love typically put in a journal? Like what would a day of Janae's journal look like?
1: Oh, thank God nobody will ever read it. <laughs> 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 that would be terrible. Um, no, not too bad. But sometimes I just write about like all the thoughts that are going on in my head because anybody that knows me knows that I'm always thinking. People always tell me I'm an overthinker, over- you know, but I I, I can be silly and goofy and then I can be really serious. I, my my mind is always going. Um, and I'm a deep thinker a lot of the times and when I'm on a mission to figure something out, like I am right now, that's all I can think about. Um, so sometimes like the other day I wrote out, um, you know, I'll write out all the goals, like the big goals that I have for 2020. And then I'll write out, um, you know, what, what's a perfect day in the life of Janae look like? Like, what is my dream life? Like, where do I want to be? So a lot of that, like vision, you know, visionary stuff and, and just kind of creating your perfect life. So I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and if something exciting happens, like, like with business this week, there's a lot of, been a lot of exciting things happening. I'll write down that stuff. Just kind of trying to document, you know, my life and things like that, just to kind of have a brain
0: dump. Um, Do you you ever look back at them um, to see then how far you've come? And with the goals that you've set yourself, do you then always hit them?
1: I don't always look back and read it. Um, But sometimes, sometimes like I'll mark a page or something and be like, oh, like I achieved this goal. Or like what I'll do is, is I'll write down the biggest goals and tape them up on the wall. And sometimes I'll even, I haven't done this recently, but I did this last year and I wrote out monthly goals and posted them up. And then at the end of the, you know, I check them off and I reach them and things like that.
0: So, so you've done, done your that. skydive yet.
1: I have not skydived yet. How did you know I skydived? <laughs> 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 I really want to go
0: skydiving. <laughs> and have, have you gone to um, Hawaii or Germany? Why, why haven't you put the UK down? That's one of your goals.
1: Because the UK is cold <laughs> and dreary. <laughs> so is Germany.
0: <laughs> but that's I'm mostly Europe. German. So that's why I want to go to Germany. Oh, actually, my 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 grandmother was German, so.
1: Mine too. She actually still speaks German. She she uh, is like full blood German. So that's kind of why I want to go.
0: Ah, ambitioned Yeah, I I, <laughs> I what one of my nans was German and my other was Dutch. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm about, and yeah, I've I've got a right old heritage mix there, but, um, (laughs) so obviously you said about the goals, but, um, with regards to the journaling, how how long do you take to to write it? Because sometimes you can be so busy finding the time to complete it. I do have a journal, but getting up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning, And falling into bed at eleven o'clock at night, my journaling this week has gone a bit awry. So, how do you, how and when do you find the time to do it?
1: Um, I have time. (laughs) I do. I don't train as many people in person anymore, so I'm home a lot right now because I have a lot more online clients. So, um, I, you know, like I, I journal a little bit in the morning and then if I have time, you know, mid-morning, then I'll journal a little bit more. Sometimes I just do little bits here and there, but like I have a lot going on and I'm busy, but I also have the time to do it because I'm not training as much in person right now. So it gives me more time to do those kinds of things, I guess. But
0: And let's go back to the other question then. So who inspires you most at the moment? Oh God, that's so hard that's so hard. I don't even know. Um, you can, you can say from, um, uh, see a fitness perspective, or you could say from a business perspective.
1: That is really, really hard. I don't, you know, I'm so self-driven that I could have nobody in my life inspiring me and I'd feel inspired.
0: Um, don't they say that there's the, um, who inspires you, me in, in six months time, i.e. where you want to be. So you're always continually pushing the goalposts.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, I've got you. I (laughs) I know you, you did. Um, You know, it's hard for me to to pick just one person, but I think I mean I'm probably gonna have to say Wade because
0: high five to Wade.
1: I I know. I hope he listens to this.
0: (laughs) You will have to get him to now.
1: (laughs) Well, he'll have to. Just because, like, he, him and I work closely together, you know, because he's my coach, Um, and I probably share more with him than most people to a certain extent because I'm super, super driven, like I said, and like, um, I have a lot of hard days and nobody really knows the struggle that I've gone through with my prep and with my food and all that kind of stuff. And, um, just like, he's super patient with me and he's mentored me a lot too, as a coach, not even just as a client. So seeing like, like everything I've learned from him it just inspires me to become better and better because I'm like, look at how far he's come and how successful he is. And I'm, it, I know I have the potential. And so I look up to him as not only my coach, but also like, what can I learn from him to become a better coach for my clients too? So yeah, I probably Wade.
0: So for everyone listening, he's the head coach, obviously on the Cover Model Academy. Um, so for Spearman Fitness. So yeah, no, I think he's he's got a big heart as well, is not he? I mean, as you, yeah, mm-hmm. when you think about personal training, it isn't just about um, the fitness or the nutrition. It is very much about mindset and understanding people. So there is a bit of counselling that would go into that, wouldn't it? I mean, I I, I, t- I kind of think the personal training is almost, whether that's online uh, or fitness training, it's almost like how how you would see a hairdresser you, you get your hair cut but you you put the world to rights as well um oh, and you yeah. always feel so much better when you've when you've spoken to them
1: I feel like I feel like um as a trainer I'm a counselor at the same time um so yeah and I and sometimes I think that the mindset part is even more important than the nutrition or the exercise I think it starts in the mind and then your eating habits will follow and you'll be better able to stick to you know both diet and training plan if your mind's in the right place
0: yeah exactly I mean what you were saying earlier about uh, a lot of uh, personal development working on yourself I had to do a lot of that myself as well in 2018 to sort of come into this industry whilst it's a continued process nothing can start without the mind being in the right place and you just build from there don't you
1: exactly exactly
0: so talking about uh, mindset and you've got a great mind muscle connection which muscle groups do you like working the most when you're doing your exercising hands
1: down legs legs and glutes are my favorite
0: (laughs) and give me your reason why
1: um probably because my lower body is really strong and that's also the area that i want to improve the most so I think that's why I enjoy it. And, and I also have so many neck and shoulder issues that like today, like my neck and shoulders are hurting a lot. And so it's not fun to train when I've got, you know, really tight shoulders or I have a headache that day or whatever. But like with my lower body, I don't ever have any issues. So, um, it's
0: so what, more fun to train. <laughs> so, what's your best? Score? Let's give a, a, a free tip for uh, women training legs. What's your best exercise for the inner thighs? A problem area for most women, including myself.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and we worked together for a while, so I remember you saying that. Um, I would say, I would say probably sumo squats would be great for your inner thighs
0: and what sort of rep range would you be blasting them
1: you know i would say you need to train in a variety of rep ranges like don't always go too high don't always go too low um sometimes i'll do one of my favorite things to do with your inner thighs is i'll do like like a heavy kettlebell sumo squat. And I'll do, you mean to make sure that you get really deep. And you also want to think about pushing your knees outward and then giving your inner thighs a good squeeze at the top. And I'll do, I've done this with my clients too, is I'll do eight regular reps and then followed by eight low pulses right after that. So you're doing 16 reps total, but you're doing eight full reps and then eight, get nice and low and just pulse eight times and that's pretty killer called
0: burning. <laughs>
1: burning yeah them. a good burn
0: <laughs> yeah for I mean sure. you, you obviously uh sorted out my workouts but obviously I've been plant-based now for three months and obviously got reassigned to uh Tom who is the coach for see he's a vegan coach um so from the nutrition uh aspect of there but i have to say your leg workout was a killer leg workout I absolutely <laughs> loved that i mean my my backside was very sore um, yeah but in a good way uh-huh good way. that's good that's good I, and i can't quite figure out um I, i'm guessing it was probably the bulgarian split squats that, that did the most uh I'm, I'm sure that's got to be it. The most damage. Yeah, they're, they're they're quite challenging, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I feel like every new client I get, when they do my leg workouts, they are just dying. So, um yeah, I kind of have a reputation for killing people with the legs. I take that—that's what I like to work on most.
0: <laughs> yeah, you sort of um, feel quietly pleased about that. Yeah, I've had a few clients tell me that they—they've had to, you know, struggle and get them, you know, use their hands to lift themselves off the toilet seat. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness, that is so funny!
0: <laughs> right. So I just want to move on because um, obviously, uh, conscious of your time. But what best piece of advice would you give? Your—I know you're—you're you're still very young. You know, I mean. I'm you know almost double your age but um (laughs) I feel like I'm getting old (laughs) (laughs) but um even at yourself now what would be the best piece of advice you would give your younger self oh man let's
1: see I would tell myself to love yourself more and accept yourself more because i think a lot of my struggles with food would not be there if i had loved myself more and if i had even learned to like myself because you know most of my life i always felt really i didn't really feel good enough and i and i very much felt like i was overlooked and invisible and i think that's why a lot of my food stuff started and why I really excelled in school and sports and everything I did because I just wanted to be noticed which you know can be good and bad but I think if I had loved myself a little more I would have just allowed myself to be who I really was earlier in life and I just kind of started that like the last few years like the other day someone told me it's really stuck with me. She's like, "You are more you than you've ever been," and it really, really hit me hard because I think I was so afraid to truly be myself for a really long time.
0: It's. I think the thing is, we often think it's only happening to us, and it's it's only when people are really um, open, honest, and genuine to share their struggles that actually help other people feel that they're not alone. Um, because obviously i knew a little bit but i didn't know some of the things that you've just mentioned in this podcast but that resonates with myself of some of the feelings that you've just said there and then when you understand that it's not just you that's a powerful force isn't it but Mm -hmm. what has enabled you because these these come and hit you by the blind side i I know (laughs) Um, but Obviously, coming into this profession is, I think, for certainly for myself, was that I had those feelings and understanding that I had those feelings, but trying to push myself out of my comfort zone and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I can show other people that you can have issues, you can have a low self esteem or confidence or not feeling that you're loving yourself enough, but you can still push through and you can hopefully transform more people's lives than by staying quiet Mm -hmm. but what have you obviously that personal development you've done but what's been the turning point for you to love yourself what what has allowed you to keep in that position and not revert
1: I think just continuing to work on myself because I just keep working on myself every day, and I just have such a strong desire to become the best version of myself, and I have a really big vision for who I want to be in the life that I want to create, and there's no room for going back, you know? It's just got to be a little bit better every day, every day, and one of the coaches that I worked with a couple years ago kept saying, you know, be better than yesterday just be a little bit better every day and that really stuck with me so um so yeah and the other thing too i was gonna say something that you mentioned it's like you're never gonna have it all together so you need to start anyways and everybody's a mess i still feel like i'm a mess I'm a, i feel like i'm a big hot mess and yes i have come a long long way but we all still have things that we're going to deal with it it's always going to be like that in life because life isn't perfect
0: but it's so inspirational to hear you say these things and and hopefully for whoever listens to this it gives a little bit of insight and hopefully inspires them to go forward and not resist doing something because as you say i think we have a tendency to think we will do something when everything pans out or when all of the you know parts are together but they never are you just have to do it and there's a saying get comfortable with being uncomfortable i noticed that you look quite like a quote on your instagram so what what would you as a positive affirmation what positive affirmation would you leave this podcast with
1: i do like quotes and affirmations um gosh let's see um Something that I'm feeling recently might be kind of good to touch on. Um, of course, I'm having a mind blank at the moment.
0: <laughs> I'll put you on the spot, haven't I? I know, right? Like, because
1: I don't really have like a favorite quote, but um...
0: I think you you probably actually said it in your last sentence, and it's that. Did I? The, the you've just got to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Yeah it's not striving yeah. for for greatness it doesn't happen overnight but it's it's sometimes being kind to ourselves to look back uh you know elevate ourselves to to see the journey that we've evolved because it's not the destination it's actually the journey
1: mhm so yeah so I would say, <laughs> you know something like become a little bit better every day and because of that is what is going to lead to greatness Um, nobody gets there overnight. And it's just literally the culmination of sorry that my computer keeps going off. Um, the culmination of the little things that we do every day. And you just have to make sure that they're in line with the person that you want to be. Cause
0: I think in this day and age, unfortunately, we are in a now generation and uh the key to success is consistency. But it's not sexy, is it? It's boring. It's the do the same thing every day and you'll know where you are in six months' time if you do that. But it's keeping up that that commitment to yourself ultimately, isn't it?
1: It is. And um two words that I would that I would tell people is consistency and patience. Those are the two things you need to focus on because that's what's gonna get you results. So consistency and patience, which are also two of the hardest things for people because they're like, oh, I'm not seeing results. Because everybody in this world wants a quick fix. But, you know, there is no quick fix that's going to give you lasting results. It's hard work. It's being consistent and it's being patient. Anybody who has the best physique in the world, they, they've been consistent, they've been patient, and they've worked really hard. And that's what it takes.
0: I think that's a great way to end the podcast, actually. Consistency, um, that that commitment, yeah. It's just, it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. Um. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes simple is better. So I wish you all the best of success, obviously, on the remainder of your, um, so it was about nine weeks out, that you've got left, obviously. Um, I'll obviously be watching avidly. Um, on your progress and it' be int- it'd be absolutely fantastic actually to have you on the podcast again um, after your shoot um, because yeah that would be that would be great to, to understand again the mindset part of it all you know not just the actuality of it but but the mindset process, the build up um, and how you deal with obviously the anxieties that you have um to go on and achieve it. But I just want to say, Janae, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and for you to be so honest and open. I'm really ungrateful.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) We'll speak soon on the next podcast. It will be viewed at some point. All right. Take care. Sounds great. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.